Hello and welcome to the Activate Podcast. My name is Jill Pelkey and it is a honor to be with you today. If you'd like to hear more episodes of the Activate Podcast, you can check it out on iTunes or on soundcloud.com. Let's pray and then let's get right into the Word of God together. Jesus, we come before you and we ask that you would unstop our ears so we could hear what you have to say to us. God, we ask that you would soften our hearts to understand your word. God, we ask that you would speak to us by the power of your spirit. And Lord, we know that everything that we have comes from you. Everything that we are is because of you. And so, Lord, we turn all our attention on you. God, we place all of our trust in you. And God, we ask that you begin to transform our lives, to strengthen us, to be all that you've created us to be so that we could be useful for your kingdom. We pray all these things in Jesus' mighty, mighty name. Amen. There are so many options today of who to help. You could help the person holding a cardboard sign at the intersection. You could help an orphan in Africa. You could help the persecuted church in China. You could help missionaries. You could help people at your church. You could help the the orphan or the the widow. You can help so many people. You could help the young girl or boy that your teenager brings home that's sad and needs help. There are option upon option upon option of who to help. There's no lack of people in need. I mean, you could go anywhere in any mall in America and you just sit there for a few minutes in the food court, look around, and you'll see people who need someone just to talk to. There are organizations to donate to. The list is longer than we could ever even spout off the names of. And there are missionaries in every country of the world that need financial support. And there are more foster kids and and orphans in America than we have homes for and there are people in hospitals that need uh, help. There are, there's just person upon person. There's no lack of people to help. Who should I help? Who should I help? Who is it that I should be helping? In order to know this, we need to trust God. We need to follow Jesus' example, and we need to be led by the Spirit. Who should I help? First, we have to trust God. The Bible is very clear that no one can serve two masters. You either serve God or you serve money, but you cannot serve both. And so before we look at who we should help, we have to look at who we are serving. Are we serving God or are we serving money? It's so easy to use money as a safety net, as a security blanket. You know, we... We take our homes as our castles. We have our homes as our security. We hold on to our things. We hold on to our money. We work for it. It's ours. It belongs to us. It keeps us safe. It keeps us fed. It keeps us clothed. And yet we make it our master when we don't turn it around and say, God gave me my job. God will provide my clothes. God will provide my food. We live with the security of money because in America, that's what we do. It's what we grow up knowing. It's, it's how we are conformed to the pattern of this world. And God says, you can't serve money and me. And so we have to put things in the proper order and know that our our things do not belong to us, that 100% of our money belongs to God. I want you to picture your bank account right now. It belongs to God. In an instant, it could be gone. In an instant, you could be laid off from your job. In an instant, your house could be gone. In an instant, these things could happen. There's a, a verse in Psalms that I'm really holding on to lately, and it says, um, if God doesn't build the house, the builders are working for nothing. 
If the Lord doesn't guard the city, the guards are watching, watching for nothing. That's in Psalm 127. And it's saying that if it's not from the Lord, it, it, it has no safety anyway, because it's all from him and through him. I'm going to read that again. Psalm 127 says, if the Lord doesn't build the house, then the builders are building for nothing. And if the Lord doesn't guard the city, the guards are watching for nothing. Some men trust in chariots, some men trust in horses, but I will trust in the name of the Lord. Today, before you can look at who are you going to help, you have to look at who really is the Lord of your life. Is God the God over your money, your bank account, your checking and your savings, your credit card? Is he the Lord of your money? Does everything that you have belong to him? Do your clothes belong to him? Does your food belong to him? I remember early in our marriage, we were not very wealthy and we would have people over all the time and we didn't always have a lot of food in our house. And I remember one time knowing somebody was coming over. So I took a couple bags of chips and I put them up in the high cupboard because I was thinking, well, we'll just share some of the, you know, the lesser snacks that we have with them and we won't share this. And the Lord pinpricked my heart and he said, everything you have belongs to me. Share what you have. And he began to show me in scripture about hospitality and what it means to pour my life out for God and not keep the best for myself, but to give the best away. There's been times in my life where I've had clothes and I've had things and the Lord has said, give that away. And he's always replaced it. And even if he didn't replace it, the joy of knowing that my things belong to God, there's been possessions that I've had. There's been things that I have that God says, just give that away. Just give that away. And when I give it away, it's such a freedom to know that my things don't belong to me and that God is more important than my things. Sure, I could have gotten more money if I sold it on eBay. I could have gotten uh, more satisfaction if I kept it. But I don't live as unto myself. I live as unto the Lord. No one can serve two masters. There's been times where we've been close to going without food, and God has always provided, miraculously provided for us. Trust in God. Before you think about who am I going to help, you have to know that you trust God with everything you have, that everything you have is His. Does your home belong to Him? Does your home belong to God or does it belong to yourself? Is your door open to people or is it closed? Does your home, does your time, does your money, do your clothes, does your food, does everything you have belong to God or does it belong to you? Who should I help? First, we trust God. And then secondly, we follow Jesus's example. Who should I help? Here's what Jesus did. Jesus became poor on purpose. There's so many amazing biographies and stories of Catholic saints who became poor to serve the poor. One of my favorites is uh, Dorothy Day, not Doris Day, Dorothy Day. She was a Catholic saint who became poor. She was a wealthy woman who gave up everything to live among those who were impoverished to try to help. And she opened a, a mission in New York City, and she helped those who were homeless and drunkards and people who are in need, and she served soup, and she had a soup line, and she lived among poor people. And she has this excellent book called uh, The Duty of Delight, and it's her diary. And day by day, you can go through with her and, and see the difficulties that she faced day to day living among people uh, who were very impoverished, and she helped so many because she became poor to help the poor. Jesus 
he went from kingdoms and, and he, he went from the, the heavens. He went from a, a golden throne to a manger. I mean, he laid down his life and, you know, he says, foxes have holes and birds have nests, but the, the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. He gave up everything. Jesus example was to give up everything. And he gave up everything for people who didn't deserve it. He gave up everything for people who didn't deserve it. If we came from heaven to earth, we would come to help those who were rich and and healthy. But God came, sent his son to help those who were poor and needy. In fact, when Jesus talks in Isaiah, he said, "Um, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. Many times we skip over that. We're like, God has anointed me to preach to the poor. He came and made himself poor to preach to the poor. Could we make ourselves poor to help the poor who don't deserve it? Well, we were yet sinners. Christ died for us. Who should I help? Be like Jesus and die for those who don't deserve it. Many times we look and we try to quantify and qualify and think, does this person deserve my help? Is this my best investment? Will this person uh, use what I've given them for the best thing ever? Is that, are they worthy of an investment? Do I see potential in this person? If I help them, will this be a great story that I could post on Facebook? Will this be a great testimony I can share with friends and family in my church and say, look at what, what has happened? Or do I give something and, and nothing ever comes of it? except that I was obedient to the Lord? Do I give knowing that they might not take the best care of the thing that I'm giving them? Do I give knowing that what I give them might be thrown out tomorrow? Following Jesus' example, that's what he did for us. He gave us gifts that we're abusing, that we're throwing out. He gave us the gift of marriage, and we don't really take great care of it sometimes. He gave us the gift of the Holy Spirit, and yet we don't honor and foster it. He gives us good gifts all the time that we don't use properly. Can we also give gifts to people who aren't going to use them properly? Can we also give gifts to people just to show Jesus loves them? Can we follow Jesus' example to be made poor, to preach to the poor, to give to those who don't deserve it in hopes that they will know love, in hopes that they will know true love? Because true love isn't looking for what they can get back. True love isn't looking for an investment to get something back, but it's giving away, no strings attached. It's giving away, completely taking our hands off and saying, here you go. Trusting God, saying that, God, you own all my resources. Following Jesus' example, making ourselves low to help those who need help and to need to know love. There's Mother Teresa was another Catholic saint who gave, her, gave up her life. And the Bible talks about if you lay down your life, then you'll really know life. But if you hold on tight to your life, then you're going to lose it. She gave up her life and she gained so much more. But she said, you know... I, this is what Mother Teresa, paraphrasing, she said, I am thankful for the poor and what they teach us. I am thankful for what the poor teach us. The poor give us the opportunity 
to work out our faith. The poor give us an opportunity to work out our faith. The poor give us an opportunity to work out our faith. Trusting God, following Jesus' example. And, and lastly, for who, can, who should I help? We need to be led by the Spirit. Who should I help? Being led by the Spirit. And when we look in Luke chapter 10, there's a teacher, that, a religious teacher that comes to Jesus, and he says to him, I know what's written in the law. I know that I should love the Lord, my God, with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love my neighbor as myself. I know this. And today, I too could stand and say the same thing as this teacher of the law. You too could stand and say the same thing. We know the law. We know we're supposed to love God and to love others. This we know. And then we stand with this religious teacher because we ask the same question again and again and again. And that's our hang up. This is the question. He says, but really, who is it, Jesus, that I'm supposed to help? He says, who is my neighbor? Who is it that I'm supposed to help? And to answer the question, Jesus told a story. And it's a very well-known story called the Good Samaritan. And it's the story of three different people who walk by a man who's been beaten and robbed. This man's beaten and robbed and laying on the side of the road. And there are three people that walk by and only one stops to help. The end of the story, Jesus said, which one of these three men do you think was a neighbor to the man who was attacked by the robbers? Luke 10, 37, the teacher of the law answered, the one who helped him. And that's what's hammering home today. This is the answer for you. The one who helped him. That was the one who was the good neighbor. The one who helped him. There was only one who actually did something. Not only did he do something, it cost him something. It says he gave silver coins and he says, whatever this man needs, Take it and I'll be back to pay you the rest. He gave, it cost him something. It was not free. Helping other people is not free. Helping other people is giving up something that's yours for them. Just like Jesus. Trusting God, following Jesus' example, giving up something that's yours for somebody else. It cost him something and it was not convenient. Helping people is rarely comfortable. Helping people is rarely convenient. Helping people is usually when you are the busiest or there's the most going on, the opportunity comes up and it's right in your face and you have a choice to make. Do I actually help or do I keep going with the hundred things on my to-do list? And this story shows us who is the good neighbor here. It's the one who helped him, the one who actually did something. It's very easy to justify being the other people in this story and not being the good Samaritan. It's very easy to justify why we don't help people who are around us. But the Bible is so clear. It says when, the, uh, in, when John the Baptist was out baptizing before Jesus came, he was baptizing people and they would come out. And then the religious people came out and he called them, you brood of vipers, you bunch of snakes, why are you even here? And he says to them, John the Baptist says to them, clean yourselves by giving gifts to the poor. Clean yourself by giving gifts to the poor. Now, this isn't an exchange of if I give to the poor, my sins are forgiven, or if I give to the poor, then I'm righteous. It it is a matter of putting God in his proper place, saying that everything I have doesn't belong to me. It belongs to God. It's the story of the rich young ruler who was serving God in every way. And and Jesus says, go and sell your possessions and give, give the money to the poor. And he says, I can't do that. 
Are you serving God in every way, but you say, I just can't give what's mine to somebody who doesn't deserve it. I can't give what's mine to someone who doesn't deserve it. That is the most unchristian thing that we can do. It's the most unchristian attitude we can have because God said, I will take what is the most precious thing of mine and I will give to those who don't deserve it. The religious leaders were told, be clean by giving gifts to the poor. In Acts chapter 10, there's the story of Peter and Cornelius. And I'm going to read this. Acts chapter 10. Listen carefully to this. Acts chapter 10. At Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius. He was an officer in the Italian group of the Roman army. Cornelius was a religious man. Okay, so now we look at Cornelius, and he's upper middle class. He has a job. He is part of the in crowd, and he's a religious man. Many of us listening to this can relate to Cornelius. We feel like we are uh, pretty comfortable, and we are religious. Verse 2, Cornelius was a a religious man. He and all the people who lived in his house worshipped the true God. He gave much of his money to the poor. And he prayed to God often, much and often. He gave much of his money and he prayed often. Verse three, one afternoon about three o'clock, Cornelius saw a vision clearly. In the vision, an angel of God came to him and said, Cornelius, Cornelius stared at the angel. He became afraid. He says, what do you want, Lord? The angel said, God has heard your prayers. He has seen what you have given to the poor and God has remembered you. And then he gives them a mission to do. God has heard your prayers. We all get on board with that. But now part B, he has seen what you have given to the poor. He gave much. He prayed often. Many times we pray often, but we don't give much. We pray often, but we don't give much. Cornelius prayed and gave. And God says, I remembered you. And now I have a mission for you. I see who your master is. I see where your heart is. I know that if you'll give your money, then you'll also give your time. I know that if you'll give your money, you've given me your heart. You've made me your master. Proverbs 19 says, lend to the poor. When you lend to the poor, you are lending to the Lord. So whether whatever that person does with the money doesn't matter as much as your obedience to God. In 1 John, it says, But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love even abide in him? If anyone has the world's goods, we have the world's goods. Look at America. Look at the United States of America. Look at the the state of New York. We have the world's goods. And yet we have trained ourselves to become callous to the needs of the rest of the world. We have trained ourselves to look away from the news. We have trained ourselves to turn the commercial off. We have trained ourselves to turn a deaf ear, to turn a blind eye to the foster child living right on our same road. We have trained ourselves to not make it our issue. And first John says, does God's love really even abide in you? Because what does God do? He goes after the poor and the lonely. He sends his very best to those who need it the most. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, Jesus said, to preach the good news to the poor. In Matthew, it reminds us, whatever you did for the least of these, you did for me. Cup of cold water, clothes, and food. Whatever you did for other people, you're doing it unto the Lord. 
In Luke 3.11, it says, whoever has two tunics is to share with him who has none, and whoever has food is to do likewise. Whoever has food is to do likewise. In Ezekiel... Uh, 16.49, it says, Behold, this was the guilt of your sister Sodom. She and her daughters had pride, excess of food, and prosperous ease, but did not aid the poor and needy. And Sodom and Gomorrah was consumed by fire and eliminated. They had pride, excess of food, and prosperous ease. Those are things that we have. Isaiah 5810 says, if you pour yourself out for the hungry and satisfy the desire of the afflicted, then shall your light arise in the darkness and your gloom be as noonday. Most of us are, are consumed and obsessed with our own gloom and depression and our own anxiety and our own issues and our own and us and us and us. And, and Isaiah is saying, if you would just pour yourself out for those who need it, then your gloom's going to be gone. If you would serve the oppressed, if you would speak up for those who are wallowing through injustice, if you would give to the poor and needy, then your gloom will be like the noon day. Luke 12, 23 says, sell your possessions and give to the needy. Provide yourself with money bags that do not grow old with a treasure in heaven that does not fail where no thief approaches and no moth destroys. Build up for yourself treasure in heaven. That's the treasure that lasts. Your bank account could be drained in a moment. Your job could be gone in a second. Your home could be gone in a second. But when you give us unto the Lord, it's like you're lending to the Lord. It's like you're giving to the Lord and you're storing up for yourself treasures in heaven that don't get destroyed. Treasures in heaven that will last forever. We have to trust that everything that we have belongs to God. We have to follow Jesus' example to become poor and to preach to the poor. We have to be led by the Holy Spirit to know what to do. We have to be led by the Holy Spirit. Who should I help? Who do you see on the side of the road? Pray that God would open the eyes of your understanding. Again, back to when John the baptizer was baptizing people. He told the religious people to go away and start giving to the poor. But in Luke 3.10, the rest of the people, they come and they, the people ask John, what should we do? And John answered, if you have two shirts, share with the person who does not have one. If you have food, share that too. And even the tax collectors came to John to be baptized. They said to John, teacher, what should we do? And John said, don't take more taxes from people than you have been ordered to take. And the soldiers, they came to John and they said, well, what about us? What should we do? And John said, don't force people to give you money. Don't lie about them. Be satisfied with the pay that you get. What should I do? That should be our question to God. God, what should I do? Tax collectors, stop cheating. People, give what you have away. Soldiers, don't be rough uh, with people unnecessarily and be happy with the pay that you have. What should you do? The Bible's full of times when Jesus went away alone to pray. Jesus, the Son of God, found time alone to pray often. Often he went on a mountain to pray. And some of the accounts say that he prayed overnight. He was there overnight praying and seeking the will of God his Father. Pray and be led by the Spirit. Pray that your eyes would be open. Pray that God would really have everything that belongs to you would belong to him. 
And so you'll be ready when you see that person on the side of the road. Your heart will be ready. The flip side of this coin is that um, Luke talks about, in the Gospel of Luke, it talks about um, how in the days of Elijah, there were many widows that were without food, and yet Jesus sent Elijah just to one of those widows. It says that there were many people that needed healing, but he was sent to one. We have to listen to the Holy Spirit because he's going to send you to one today and one tomorrow and one the next day. But we can't stand here guilty like Sodom and Gomorrah with the pride and excess of food and prosperous ease and give nothing. We can't hoard our wealth. We can't hoard what we have. We can't stay rich and expect to enter the kingdom of heaven. We have to make ourselves poor like Jesus was poor, but we have to listen to the Holy Spirit because God has a master plan for each person. We have to seek the Spirit and say, God, give me your eyes of compassion. Help me to actually do something, but help me to do the right thing with the right person. Help me give to the right organization or the right missionary or the right God, show me. It's opening up our hands, holding on to nothing tightly and saying, God, this life I have is yours, my time, my talent, my treasure. It all belongs to you. Show me what to do with it. Show me the one. Who's the one that I should help today? And if it empties my bank account, so be it. And if it makes me uncomfortable and I have to open my home and have someone stay with me for a while, so be it. And if it means that I have to switch jobs, I trust you. And if it it means that my whole family's a little uncomfortable, God, I I trust you. We have to trust Jesus, follow his example, and we have to be led by the Spirit. We have to be listening to what God would say and then actually go and do it. In the story of the Good Samaritan, the religious leaders who walked by the man who was robbed, they knew what they were supposed to do but they weren't listening in that moment. It was the Samaritan who was listening and then actually did what the Lord had commanded him to do. Today, listen. Today, listen while you're at the grocery store. Listen while you're picking your kids up from school. Listen as your your kids bring friends home. Listen. Would the Lord have you speak to them and talk to them and help them? Would the Lord have you give something away? Are there things that your church is doing, collecting for? Give to those things. Don't hold on tightly to your money. Or we, ha- we run the risk. We are so uh, uh, exposed to the disease of America. We are so exposed to the disease of prosperous ease. We're okay. And so our eyes are closed to those around us who are in need. I hope that God would open our eyes of understanding. There's one last verse I want to share with you. It comes from James. It says, Hasn't God chosen the poor to be rich in faith and heirs to his kingdom? When we went to Liberia, West Africa, we saw people who had little money, not many clothes. We stayed at an orphanage and we met with these 32 kids who have no biological parents. They were rich in faith. They were poor in money, but they were rich in faith. We thought we would go to Liberia, West Africa, and share the love of Jesus 
when really they shared the love of Jesus with us. They knew about community and hospitality and prayer and giving. They were far beyond us. And what did we have? We had food and um, VBS materials and clothes and Bibles to hand out. But they were rich in faith. God has chosen the poor to be rich in faith. In South America, the church is growing. In China, the church is growing. In America, some would say it's growing, some would say it's declining. But we have a choice to be like Sodom and Gomorrah and have this prosperous ease, this excess of food, this pride, or we can start giving it away. There's no lack of people that need help. First, today, I want us all to find a place where we get on our knees and we really evaluate, God, do I trust you with my whole bank account? God, do I trust you with my whole home? Does my home belong to you? Does my time belong to you or does it belong? Am I a slave shackled to Netflix and Facebook? Or am I a slave to Jesus Christ and his commands? Have I gotten away to pray enough to listen to what God would say to me for today? Have I gotten away and prayed? Have I set aside time, made time, pushed myself to find time to be with the king of kings so that he could speak to me about what I'm supposed to do? Or have I clouded and got distracted and just can't, I'm all jittery and distracted and can't focus on what Jesus has for me? Am I trusting God with everything? Number two, am I following Jesus's example? Do I have too much? Could I make myself lower in order to help other people? Am I holding back because I don't think people deserve my gifts? Jesus gave to sinners. Sometimes it's not going to be a glorious story of how everything turns around and now they're living this miraculous Christian life. Sometimes we give and our gifts are trampled. Sometimes Jesus gives and his gifts are trampled. And lastly, am I being led by the Spirit? Elijah was led to one widow. Not to all of them. He was led to one. Jesus healed the one person at the pool where everyone was getting healed. He healed the one. God is leading you to someone. Don't worry about the fact that there not be enough people to help. There's enough people to help. But let the Spirit lead you to the one that you're supposed to help today. And give freely because everything you have belongs to God. There are mighty things that God has for you, and those mighty things will bring him glory if you get away and pray and you're led by his spirit. Last year, I was sitting at my house, and I had just poured a cup of coffee, and I was very excited to sit with coffee and the Bible and to spend time with Jesus. I just couldn't wait just to sit down and be with Jesus. And I, I sat down for less than two minutes, and the Lord said, get up and go buy a Bible. I thought to myself, this doesn't make sense. I'm sitting here with my Bible. Why would I go buy a Bible? And so I put my coffee in a travel mug, got in the car, went over to Ollie's Discount Warehouse, and started, started getting ready to buy a Bible as I'm driving to Ollie's, as I'm going to do the thing, which I feel like is ridiculous, but I know that it is the word of the Lord to me for that day, that one thing I'm supposed to do. As I'm going, God begins to reveal a plan to me to get Bibles to Liberia. And from that day, I came home with, with three or four Bibles, but I launched a website that would allow people to send via Amazon Bibles to my house so I could send barrels of Bibles. And uh, God laid out this plan. 
And within three months, we had over 600 Bibles in barrels, completely paid for, stuffed with clothes and materials, shipped to Liberia, West Africa. But you want to know where it started? It started when I was like, all right, God, I'm going to listen to whatever you say. And I'm going to give up my comfort. This wasn't hard. But I'm going to give up my comfort. I'm going to give up what I think we should do right now. I'm going to listen to your spirit. I'm going to listen to your word. We've all heard it's better, it's more blessed to give than to receive. It's really true. It's really true. If you're struggling in your life with depression, if you're struggling in your life with anxiety, if you're struggling in your life with gloom, ask God how you can give your life away. Mother Teresa didn't have a husband. She didn't have kids uh, biologically. She didn't have anything, as the world would say, was anything. And yet her life was so valuable because it was completely surrendered to God. She went and lived among people who were dying, people who were dying and destitute and forgotten and nobody else cared for. You know, when the AIDS epidemic started in America, she opened a clinic in New York City. She said, because these are people that nobody wants to help, I'm going to help them. Her life was surrendered, and God used it in a mighty way. Could you surrender today and say, God, whatever you say to me, I'm going to quickly, I'm going to get up, and I'm going to do it, and I'm going to trust you. A couple years ago now, the Lord told me that he didn't want me to work a regular job, that he wanted my life to be his, that he was going to be my employer, and I was going to work for him. And I fought against this because it doesn't make sense, and I fought against this because... um, I was prideful, and I wanted other people to know that I was working hard and trying hard, and I I wanted other people to look at me and my husband and say, oh, well, they're doing the best that they can. And so I started to look for for jobs different places, and almost comically, I didn't get these these little jobs different places, and the Lord kept saying, are you going to surrender to me? Are you going to surrender to me? And when I finally said, okay, I'm going to stop looking for a job, I'm going to stop, and I'm going to surrender my life to you. God, my life belongs to you. God instantly began to provide money for me. And he has provided a salary for me for the last few years, month after month after month. Now you can think I'm super spiritual or super amazing. I'm not. I'm not. I know that I'm not. I fail all the time. But God's word is true. And when he speaks something, he follows through. And now the Lord has, has pushed me further and has begun to test me in that. And, and uh, two months ago, the Lord began to speak to me. He says, do you really work for me? Of course I do, God. Of course I do. He said, then I want you to give me a day a week where you spend alone with me. And as I pondered this and thought about this, I just came back to the Lord like, that's impossible, God. I, uh, my life is really busy, and you understand, God, you've asked me to do this, and you've asked me to volunteer here, and you've asked me to take on this and that committee, and the laundry and the dishes and the I, all of it, God, a, a whole day. And God brought me back and reminded me, he said, do you work for me? Yeah, God, I do. You, you literally provide my salary. I work for you. Will you give me one day a week? And so I had to rearrange things. I had to cut things out. And uh, it was painful because I didn't want to cut anything out. And now one day a week, I make an appointment and it's with God. And I'm away from my house and away from people and away from everything. And I'm away to pray and seek the Lord. It's almost like going to school. He's taking me to school. He's revealing stuff to me. He's teaching me. He's tenderly washing over all the rough areas of my life. But each one is a step. It's a step the first time to say, okay, God, I surrender this. 
Now, years later, he's saying, okay, now surrender a little bit more. Surrender a little bit more. I'm no Mother Teresa. My whole life has not yet surrendered. I still hold on tightly to so many things. I still hold on to my pride. I still hold on to wanting other people to like me or doing things because I just see a need and just want to jump in and help even if the Lord hasn't told me to do it. There's so many things I still struggle with, but I want to encourage you to take the step. When God says do it, get up and do it. When he says go buy a Bible, go buy a Bible. You never know where that's going to lead. When he says uh, he wants you to take a bigger step and to trust him, trust him. It's the first step. Who should I help? God, who should I help? He'll show you. But first, surrender your life to him. Surrender your money to him. Look to Jesus. Be led by his spirit. I hope this encourages you today. I hope that today you're moved to go and do something Like in the story of the Good Samaritan, the one who helped, the one who actually did something. We can talk all day about helping the poor. We can talk all day, but to actually do something changes your heart. It changes your life. It helps you to surrender more. It washes away different parts of your life that are not good. And it all brings glory to God. Will you give away something that might cost you something, something that might make you uncomfortable, because God said to do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's pray. God, I pray that we could live a life surrendered. God, I pray that we could live with open hands, with open hearts. God, I pray that we can be reminded of your sacrifice. We can be reminded of you sending your very best to people who didn't deserve it. God, I pray that we would send our very best to people who don't deserve it. Help us to be like you in this sense, God. Help us to give to the poor. Help us to offer cups of cold water and clothes and food. God, help us not to hold on tightly to anything, but to release ourselves into your hands for your will and your way so that God, you would be glorified. Help us to store up treasure in heaven, not here on earth. God, I pray that we would die spent, that we would die having given our whole lives, that we would die tired, that God, we would die not holding on to things of this world, but holding on to things of heaven. God, change our perspective. Help us to be like you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.